the Spirit of Jazz podcast, where music dances with mystery, with your hosts, Bill Carter and Jeff Kellum. Welcome back to the Spirit of Jazz podcast. This is Bill Carter. And I'm Jeff Kellum. We have a couple of special guests today, Bill. How about introducing our guests? We have the brain trust behind the Afro-Semitic experience. These guys have been playing as a duo and an expanded group. This is Warren Bird on piano. Say hi, Warren. Hey, hello. And then David Chevin. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning to you both. And we got to meet, I think, 20 years ago at a Jazz in the Church conference on the Hudson River. And you guys came in and smoked the place. I've never forgotten it. Tell us a little about what you're doing these days. Well, we just came back from a weekend in Atlanta where we played for an MLK service at a synagogue in Atlanta uh, and then gave an MLK concert at a museum in Atlanta. And then we flew back and yesterday, we flew back yesterday morning and yesterday afternoon, uh, we did an MLK concert in West Hartford. So a very busy weekend for us. Good for you. Tell us a little bit about the group. Uh, What do you do? Well, we have about six people who are regular and one person who we are working in slowly. And they are all outstanding talents in their own right. And they all lead projects of their own. But we come together and we do this wonderful thing, which is present music that is a message about what it means to uh, come together and well, not necessarily forget the differences, but to um, work within the differences and try and understand the whole and create great music together. I think we do that quite organically, uh, really generate a great deal of steam when we play. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it leaves a strong mark for the message that we're trying to deliver. Warren plays piano. I play bass. And Warren and I met, uh, oh my gosh, close to 30 years ago now. I don't know if it's quite, but close to 30 years ago uh, at the at a now long defunct uh, club in the Hartford area called the 880. And we began playing just regular jazz gigs together. Uh, sometimes I'd have the gig and call Warren. Sometimes Warren would have the gig and call me. And we were doing all kinds of music together. What's interesting, I think, is how we just found someone in each other who was like-minded in terms of their open-mindedness toward jazz creativity. You know, it's it's not that Warren can't play bebop. In fact, he loves to play bebop, but he's willing to go elsewhere with the music as well. Mm-hmm. And that's so satisfying. Yeah. What just struck me so much about Warren at that time, and still does to this day, is his complete open-mindedness and willingness to be utterly in the moment and responsive to what other people are playing and not just play licks. That's important important with uh, improvisational music, too. I mean, and I I run into uh, a set of people who are um, working with um, stage improvisation in general. Um, We're talking more in the theater context and uh, they've created many different uh, sort of games in order to spur the approach to improvisation. So I guess those kind of things can uh, 
cross apply, we can create games to uh, naturally interact and uh, thereby spontaneously create new ideas. And we can use existing forms to do so. Um, and I think at that time, there was uh, just a, a liberty that we felt. And I think the thing that always, like, I always enjoyed about playing with David was that we had a zany sense of fun. And, you know, sometimes you can't tell when, you know, he's doing his poker face and stuff. But uh, he's full of one-liners and witticisms and puns. That's and not all of them good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call it playing, right? That's right. Well, yeah. it is. It is. And but but so is Warren. That's the thing is if you listen there's there's always a playfulness and a sense of humor about the ideas. And you know, especially, you know, a, a pianist can can really go someplace and it's not just the quote, it might be just the shaping of the line that can really just make me smile or laugh out loud in the middle of a performance. Because it, it's like I'm in on a, a really smart little joke. Yeah. And, and that's just a load of fun. Oh, I have a friend who has uh, done some improvisational theater, you know, kind of whose line is it anyway kind of stuff, where they create a situation and then they just kind of take it forward. It's a great way to think about life. Yes. It, it's emerging. It's going forward. It's moving. I was going to say, I, I was thinking about sermon writing, Bill. Oh. Why bring that up? <laughs> I'll, I'll get ahead of I'll get ahead of myself because I know you you do want to hear a little about our story. But one of the things that we often do when we go to a house of worship, whether especially synagogues, but when we do get to go to a church, is in lieu of a sermon, we often give what what we call a sermon in song by selecting pieces that are relevant to the readings of the day, the spirit of the day, what's going on. Um, and uh, I can tell you, sadly, Bill, uh, that very often people say, oh, yeah, I wish that we had this more often at, at our, our place. We, we don't need the words. The, the music was so inspiring. It's like a, a line, I think it was from St. Augustine years ago. He said, preach the good news, and if necessary, use words. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Let's get into the new album. Tell, tell us yeah. about the new album and, and its origin and, and how you carried it through. Well, David invited me to coffee one day, and he said, hey, man, let's do this new concept. Man, I, I can't remember exactly what I said at that meeting. I know we had a bunch of meetings. I mean, we've been planning this album since before COVID. That's right. And, you know, when you have a project that's as old as ours is, you know, we, we just celebrated our 26th anniversary this past Friday. Most of the members uh, that, that Warren said are all original to the group, but a couple of our original members have uh, passed on. Stacy Phillips about five years ago and Baba David Coleman, who was our original percussionist, who had to retire because he got very ill, he was going to come to Connecticut to record with us. And, and this was just before COVID. I mean, quite literally just before COVID. And we planned about five or six tunes. We were just going to do like an EP. We had some things that we'd already composed, including a song that's title track, not the title track, but the first track on the new album called Unity in the Community. We were all set to go in the studio to record that album. And we had just done a rehearsal. This was in March of, I guess, 2020. 
and I'm driving home from the rehearsal and I get a call from the studio. Oh, uh, the state is closing down because of this pandemic and uh, we're going to have to cancel the recording session. So we went from being all set to record a new album to having to cancel it. And then very sadly, Baba, who wasn't talking about it, let me know that he had cancer. And uh, over the course of several months, he just waned and died. And so we never got to really do that last album with him. But he's very much present on this new album in his spirit. Between the beginning of COVID and now, we ended up writing a lot more material. Warren arranged a piece by his deceased brother-in-law. We ended up with more than enough material for a single. So we ended up recording a, a two CD set. Most of it's original. There's a piece by Saskia Leroux, Warren's wife. Several pieces that Warren and I wrote. And then the title track, which is a piece that I composed well, finished composing, really, while I was walking the streets of New Haven protesting against the murder of George Floyd. And that was a piece that was inspired in part by the words of the late Representative John Lewis and the late Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who both, both spoke eloquently about the idea of using your feet to pray. John Lewis referenced an old African proverb and Rabbi Heschel, because it was on the Sabbath when they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge, he was questioned, you know, shouldn't you be in shul? Shouldn't you be praying? He said, well, I felt that my feet were praying. And those words inspired me. And I was really working on a song already. And then I found myself in New Haven in, in the midst of a protest where we were being forced by the New Haven police onto the highway. They wanted us off the streets and onto the highway. As we were being forced by the police in this way, all of a sudden from in the crowd, people shouted, you know, white people, get in front of the black people, protect us. And I found myself right there on the point of having to make a choice, which of course I did. You know, shall I move forward? Shall I cross over or shall I not do that? And that's something that I find in the, the Jewish prayer book on Friday night services, this whole idea of, of commitment. And all of that was, of course, going on in my head. And it's a little funny, but this is the way you work when you're a composer. You might be in the middle of a protest, but it inspires you in that moment, not just the protest itself, but, oh, I know where I'm going with this piece. Wow. It was just a matter of finding the time to sit down, write it out, and then share it with Warren and get it in the right key for his voice. Well, how about if we listen to that tune a little bit? My feet began to pray. It was on the Sabbath day I stared
Semitic experience, my feet began to pray. Hey, powerful stuff, guys. Uh, what, what's been the response to your music as you travel around? Oh, very positive. I think uh, many of the people are looking for this kind of um, enrichment and support. It's, it's a thing when you can hear that other people espouse the same wishes that you do 
And there's such very heavy duty wishes when we want to see peace all over the earth. When we want to see more justice in the world, and somebody is actually singing a song, and you have a group full of musicians playing in a very, very passionate way, I think we have a lot of people who come here to have that confirmation, that feeling of, well, support, like I, I've already said. We've gotten a big positive response. Yeah, we, we, it, there's been a lot of support and people really come up to us uh, after to talk about the songs that we've composed and, and the message that we share. And that message is really embodied in the piece that we released on Friday as a single. It's the first track on the album. Um, it comes from something Baba said to us. He would say, unity in the community. And... We took those words, and Warren and I composed a song around that. Uh, this has become something of an anthem, and wherever we go, we're playing it, and that's getting a huge response, because I think that's one of the things people are looking for. It's so easy, you know, as, as Warren was saying, to find our differences. It's so easy. You know, this is something that Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote about, which is the idea that people of faith, People of faith have far much more in common than people who do not have faith. Yeah. Regardless mm. of what that faith might be, there's such a greater commonality. Amen. And that was something also Alvin's dad, Abu Alvin Carter Sr., used to talk about at our concerts as well. Abu, after Baba retired, Abu filled in for a few years. And he would always talk to the audience about how if we start looking at one another long enough, we'll see our similarities more than our differences. Yeah. And that's where unity can come from. Yeah. I co-host uh, a television program, and one of the other co-hosts had some guests who were talking about the Children of Abraham, a group in Binghamton, New York, that uh, worked together across three different major religions. And they were talking about this idea of unity within the community and said, you know, we can look at something we did in common. They built a ramp for someone who needed a wheelchair ramp in their home and said, you know, we can look back and see literally a bridge we built together that we put aside our differences, our the theological differences, and look what we accomplished. And it was, uh, it was a simple illustration, but I thought a powerful point. You know, there's, there's another aspect to this, though. And I go back uh, 65 years no, 50, yeah, 55 years. Uh, another Connecticut resident by the name of Dave Rubeck was uh, yes. started writing some choral music, and he had written his first major piece, which kind of developed around the words of Jesus. And then he got thinking, uh, he heard from a, a rabbi, well, why don't you write something for my community too? And it was during the time of civil rights. So he thought, how can I bring African-Americans and Jews together Where's the common ground? And it is a piece called The Gates of Justice. Yes. I heard it once. Yeah, it's a big really, scale. Really. You know, yeah, there's a yeah. rabbi playing a shofar. Typical of Brubeck's music is complicated and kind of harmonically dense. Art requires to sing. But he said the common ground is freedom. It's justice that is freely exhibited and freely lived. And he said it's all rooted in liberation which was the heart of the African-American, the spiritual, but also the heart of uh, the Exodus. And he sees that's 
all of us need that, even if we aren't Jewish or African-American, a liberation to be brought into one human community. Let's listen to unity in the community.
in the community. That's uh, music from the Afro-Semitic experience. We have two guests with us today, David Shevin and Warren Bird. You said there were seven musicians on, on this album? Yes. So, we were for many years a septet, many years, until Stacy passed. And then we went down to a sextet because he was irreplaceable. Um, when I think of Stacy, I think of someone who had both a good humor and was the grumpiest old man you've ever met. But boy, <laughs> boy, did he bring something special to us uh, with his with he he with a triple threat. He played violin, dobro, and lap steel guitar, and just had so much spirit and energy. When when he passed, there was no way we could find anyone else like him. So we were. We've been a sextet for a long time, but uh, we've added, at least when we can get him, a wonderful singer and guitar player named Oris Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Oris brought us an arrangement uh, of Nina Simone's rendition of I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free, which is also so beautiful. Well, we want everybody to hear this album, so we'll be sure to put the link in the show notes and how people can find this. We've been talking about the Afro-Semitic experience, and you can find their music and more information about them at afrosemiticexperience.net. All one word, afrosemiticexperience.net. <laughs> and our guests have been Warren Bird and David Shevin. Thanks for listening to the Spirit of Jazz podcast. This is a production of Presby Bop Music. To find out more about Presby Bop, our music, concerts, and recordings, please explore our website at www.presbybop.com. And send us a note telling us what you think about the spirit of jazz. We'd love to hear from you. Check in with us again next time. I'm Jeff Kellum. And I'm Bill Carter. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>